48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. The G20 summit begins amid warnings that Beijing's hard line on Hong Kong has harmed the nation's reputation. A leading Democrat set a ban on uniformed groups at the handover anniversary ceremony shows that the government has lost control and the public is asked for its views on a shake-up of the school curriculum. An international relations scholar says that the extradition saga has had a great impact on global trust in China. Kenneth Chan from Baptist University says that the fallout reflects a governance crisis and Beijing's failure to uphold the one country, two systems principle. He says it doesn't matter if Hong Kong isn't discussed when President Xi and Trump meet on the sidelines of the G20 summit tomorrow. It doesn't really matter whether Donald Trump is going to talk about Hong Kong face to face with Xi Jinping, but I think the whole world is watching, watching over Hong Kong situation and indirectly putting loads of pressure on Xi Jinping and on China because China wants to be respectable. And as long as Hong Kong people continue to speak up, speak truth to power, the world will listen to the views of the Hong Kong people rather than just accepting whatever the officials would like them to believe. Meanwhile, Japanese media is reporting that Prime Minister Shinzo Abe stressed the importance of Hong Kong's freedoms in a meeting with President Xi this morning. And Beijing has warned that protectionism and bullying are threatening the world order. The comments came as President Xi met three of his African counterparts this morning on the sidelines of the G20 in Osaka. The foreign ministry's account of the meeting used wording that Beijing typically wields to criticise the Trump administration, suggesting President Xi may take a firm line into his meeting tomorrow with the US president. All eyes will be on whether the two can agree to a truce in the trade dispute. Before the official opening, Mr Trump met Mr Abe, as the BBC's Rupert Wingfield Hayes reports. When he got in his meeting with the Japanese Prime Minister this morning, Shinzo Abe gave him a piece of paper with a map of the United States on it, with five sites on that map, where Japanese companies have made big investments in the last month. So you can see this is the way that other leaders are now responding to President Trump's threats on trade and on tariffs. The Japanese Prime Minister by saying, hey, hang on a minute, look, we are investing heavily in new jobs and new production, large amounts of money into the United States economy so you need to calm down a bit. Locally, a group of about 100 people has delivered letters to diplomats from the United States, the European Union, Germany and the UK, demanding that their countries stay out of Hong Kong affairs. The action was a rebuttal to a protest on Wednesday that saw anti-extradition groups visit the consulates of G20 nations, asking them to raise Hong Kong's problems with President Xi at this weekend's summit. Jason Lamb, a spokesman for the people who marched, said they wanted an end to what they called foreign interference. I also see that letter from some Hong Kong people, and in this letter, I think it's a, the letter saying that they request the US government, uh, Donald Trump also, to liberate Hong Kong. I think this is very dangerous. In Hong Kong, all the internal issues should be handled in our own, own city. We don't need the external power, other countries, to interfere our issues. That's why we are here to, to expect our opinion. Those point of view is not uh, representing all the Hong Kong people. Many Hong Kong people, like me, we don't like external countries to interfere our internal issues. Democratic Party Chairman Wu Chi-Wei says the government is clearly scared that young people will disrupt Monday's handover anniversary ceremony. 
which is why it's told students and uniformed groups not to attend. A DAB lawmaker welcomed the move, saying it will protect students from any risks following record protests this month against the government's extradition bill. There were calls online for demonstrators to gather at Golden Bohemia Square on Sunday night to disrupt the flag raising the next day. Mr Wu says the government needs to address protesters' concerns. It may fact the government is under a situation of non-governance because the government is so scared that even though you have uniformed youngster to patrol on the ceremony and they may be afraid of there's some demonstrations coming from the uniform units. That will be the major reason for them not to have the uniform unit to participate in the ceremony. Hong Kong schools could be asked to trim content and tests from the Chinese, English, Maths and Liberal Studies curriculum to free up time for other subjects. The idea is one of six recommendations put forward by the Task Force on School Curriculum, which has been studying how to improve schooling over the past 18 months. Its chairwoman, Anissa Chan, says the details will be left to bodies like the Curriculum Development Council, or CDC. So we are here not to say definitely what is to be trimmed. We are saying that all four subjects will need to really to review uh, what areas that can be trimmed. That can be perhaps the modules, perhaps the learning content, perhaps the uh, school-based assessment. But exactly what are these that will be put into the uh, CTC to look into it? A public consultation on the task force's recommendations will run until September 16th. Overseas, the California Senator Kamala Harris has put in a strong performance in the second of two Democratic Party presidential debates in the United States. She attacked the front-runner Joe Biden over his actions during the civil rights movement in the 1970s and made hard-hitting points on immigration and health care. During the debate on NBC News, she promised to ease the financial burden on working families. Working families need support and need to be lifted up. And frankly, this economy is not working for working people. For too long, the rules have been written in the favor of the people who have the most and not in favor of the people who work the most, which is why I am proposing that we change the tax code. And on day one, I will repeal that tax bill that benefits the top 1% and the biggest corporations of America. Mr. Biden positioned himself as the man who can beat Donald Trump. And President Trump says he's seeking a possible delay to the 2020 US Census after the Supreme Court blocked his administration from adding a question about citizenship. He tweeted that it was ridiculous that the government couldn't ask for this information. A number of US states and rights organisations had challenged the proposal. The Attorney General of New York, one of the states involved, is Letitia James. This single question about one citizenship status could have a substantial undercount in next year's census, particularly of non-citizens and Latinos. It could have driven millions in New York and numerous other states across the country into the shadows. And it could have impacted our cities, our states and our communities for a decade to come. Meanwhile, the U.S. Supreme Court has refused to set limits on gerrymandering, the practice where voting districts are redrawn in order to favour political parties. In a majority decision, the court ruled that the federal government doesn't have the constitutional authority to regulate state election maps. The ruling could increase the manipulation by politicians of electoral boundaries after the 2020 census. Dick Durbin, a Democratic senator, criticised the decision. 
sending the gerrymandering question back to the states is a guarantee that nothing's going to happen. It's the states that generate these maps that are controversial. It's unlikely that they're going to find themselves at fault. This had to be a federal question taken on by the federal court, and they refused to do it. A woman in the U.S. state of Alabama has been charged with manslaughter over the death of her unborn child after she was shot in the stomach during a dispute with another woman. Police have accused Marge Jones, who was five months pregnant, of starting the altercation and forcing the woman to open fire to defend herself. Representatives of small island nations at UN climate talks in Germany have accused oil-producing countries of trying to erase the science on global warming. The chair of the Alliance of Small Island States, Louis Young of Belize, said countries such as Saudi Arabia were trying to pretend a key scientific report urging huge emissions cuts didn't exist. Ms Young said more action was needed, not just words. Lip service is paid to our plight. Everyone gets up there and says, oh yes, we need to increase ambition, we need to do this. But in reality, when it gets right down to the brass tacks and it involves dollars, it's a different tune. This is important, it affects all of us, rich nations, poor nations, we're all going to have to deal with it at some point in time. Hundreds of Spanish firefighters are battling a wildfire which is out of control in the northeastern region of Catalonia. The authorities believe the blaze, which has so far affected more than 60 square kilometres, started after a heap of manure caught fire. Large parts of Europe are experiencing a heat wave caused by hot winds from the Sahara Desert. Twitter is to introduce new rules for the tweets of politicians and other important sources that it says will strike a better balance between free speech and accountability. Its plans would label and deprioritise tweets from verified politicians if they break Twitter's rules. Here's the BBC's Steve Jackson. Twitter has been facing growing criticism for allowing some politicians to break its rules on abuse, harassment and incitement. In the past, it has refused to remove such tweets, including some from President Trump, arguing that they were newsworthy. But it has now decided on a new approach. It will apply to politicians and government officials with more than 100,000 followers. If their tweets breach the rules, they will be labelled, and users will get a warning telling them to click on a link to view the tweet. While this may help to tackle one problem, it could also expose the company to claims that it's stifling free speech. The US space agency NASA has announced it will send a spacecraft to Titan, Saturn's largest moon, to search for signs of life. The unmanned craft, called Dragonfly, will be launched in 2026. The lead scientist for NASA's New Frontiers program, Kurt Niebuhr, says Titan has many similarities to Earth. Earth has a hydrologic cycle where clouds form with water vapor and they eventually condense and, and it rains. Titan has something very similar to that, except instead of liquid water, it's liquid methane. And this actually forms clouds in Titan's atmosphere. And, and it, it also uh, comes together in storms, rainstorms, that then carve the surface and create lakes and rivers and canyons. And a look at the markets now. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,449, 171 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands up $35 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.68 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 13 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 89 cents. Now to sports, here's Atom Chung. 
Let's start with football. Brazil are through to the semifinals of the Copa America for the first time since 2007. They defeated 10-man Paraguay on penalties following a goalless 90 minutes in Porto Alegre. Liverpool's Allison stopped Gustavo Gomez before Manchester City's Gabriel Jesus sealed the win. It finished 4-3 for Brazil on penalties. Argentina play Venezuela tomorrow, followed by Chile versus Colombia. Then on Sunday, it's Peru versus Uruguay. England are the first team through to the semi-finals of the Women's World Cup in France. They defeated Norway 3-0 with goals from Jill Scott, Ellen White, and Lucy Bronze. England boss Phil Neville says he was always confident his team would win. Best they played under me. Without a shadow of a doubt, you know we, we keep saying we keep saying we're having fun, and they're playing as if they're having fun. Uh, yesterday, I knew that we were going to win today. England will play the winner of tonight's second quarterfinal between France and the United States. India remain unbeaten in the Cricket World Cup after a victory by 125 runs over the West Indies at Old Trafford. India can book their place in the semi-finals if they beat the host England on Sunday. England face a battle to reach the knockout stage. They are fourth in the table, just one point above Bangladesh and Pakistan, with two games to play. Our cricket commentator Sanir Chowdhury says India can take advantage of England's recent struggles. Yes, I mean if India win that game, that would be a huge boost because, as I said earlier, England were the pre-tournament favourites. England have been winning matches regularly at home, uh, and they're playing at home, so they had the crowd support as well. What has not worked in their favour is the pitches. The pitches, what they expected, were going to be uh, high-scoring, flat, nothing in it for the bowling, and that's totally been opposite to what they've been playing. So they're. Probably feel a little right in getting disgruntled about the fact that pitches have not gone their way, but one way or the other, it's been a disappointing campaign for England so far, and that would be a surprise for a lot of people. As for West Indies, they've now lost five of seven matches at the World Cup. Their former pace bowler Curtly Ambrose has expressed concerns over the future of West Indies cricket. These guys, they figure they can go just wall up the ball, the ball, the ball, every delivery. It doesn't work like that. And when they can't do it, then they just get keep getting out because they don't have the skill to work ones and work twos and be patient. So if they're going to continue like this, then they're never going to be a force. Later today, it's Sri Lanka versus South Africa. Sri Lanka will need to win this game to keep their hopes of making the top four. And that's your look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. The G20 summit gets underway in Japan amid warnings that Beijing's hardline on Hong Kong has harmed the nation's reputation. A leading Democrat says a ban on uniformed groups at the handover anniversary ceremony shows that the government has lost control, and the public has asked for its views on a shake-up of the school curriculum. The news from RTHK.
much but I couldn't see the limits to my own Did I preach hypocrisy? I'll tell a run from the violence now. See, all these people have a voice. Could have been you there somewhere. All these faces I've performed. To tell you the truth, I own. 